Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Steve Amos is sponsored by DeMello and Company. Financial advice for you, your family and your future. Hello and welcome to Growing Together, the gardening podcast from Petersfield Shine Radio. I'm Steve Amos. It's a cold February Saturday morning and I'm down at the allotments. More precisely, I'm at the Community Garden for Hedgefest, which is a Pecan and Tree Council joint venture. A bit of a follow-on from the Tree Festival back in November, where Pecan's um, trying to get a fruit tree in everybody's garden. And also, um, the hedge element of it is around planting three kilometres of hedging in the local area. I'll be speaking to Phil Paolo about planting wildflower meadows and his new initiative, Rail Roots, as well as Ian Turner from the Tree Council and Melanie Oxley from Pecan. Before that, though, I'm down here on my plot with my neighbour, dear friend and right-hand man, well, he basically runs the allotment, I'm just the figurehead, uh, Coxie. Good morning, Coxie. Good morning, Steve. What a pleasure it is. It's a bit nippy, though, isn't it? It's more than nippy. <laughs> more than nippy. But it's, it's, it's a pleasure being you know, sat beside you. Your neighbour. Your neighbour strikes back. I know, I know. We... Coxie and I sort of started our uh, media venture um, well years ago now, oh, r- yes. writing in the Petersfield Post, didn't we? We did. And um, the, the friendly rivalry um, between between myself and my dear neighbour, um, and my dear neighbour sat here now joining me on the podcast, which is fantastic. It is. Welcome. Thank you very much indeed, sir. So, February, what's going on at the allotment, Coxie? Apart from getting cold yeah, yeah. and getting stuck in mud... Oh, all the rain we've had this haven't year. we had some rain? Oh, it's the worst it's been, I think. In, uh, in the 12 years we've been set yeah. up, I think we haven't seen so much mud. It's awful, isn't it? And I think, you know, the pathways are just messy. I mean, we just look outside of, you know, the shed here and it's just a quagmire, isn't it? It is, it is. Without the wood chip we've had this year. I know. And sometimes it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've, we're very lucky and we've got a couple of tame tree surgeons that dump wood chip up here, which helps them out, you know, because they have to pay to get rid of it and it helps us because we use it a lot for mulching beds and round trees and what have you. But this year we've used so much, haven't we, on the pathways? We have, we have. But anyway, putting that to one side, what a joy it is to be actually putting seeds in pots. It's exciting, isn't it? It is exciting <laughs> because that rivalry between us starts now. <laughs> Friendly rivalry. It's friendly, friendly rivalry. rivalry. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you hear some of these nightmares, don't you, about allotments around the country where people poison each other's water butts and this, that and the other. You know, the allotment here is fantastic, isn't it? It's a real community spirit. Yes. In terms, all I have to worry about are these plastic pigeons that tend to arrive <laughs> under my cloches. Let me explain. Um, many years ago, um, Coxie was, a, was away for a weekend and me being the wind-up merchant that I am, um, I had a couple of pigeon decoys um, that I'd found and um, I, I put them under one of his cloches and uh, I told Coxie the pigeons had got under his cloches and uh, at, at, at great speed, Coxie returned from, where, from wherever he was. Petworth. Was it Petworth? come all the way from Petworth. <laughs> anyway, Coxie turned up Epiplectic with rage, I think, is the best way to describe it. And sure enough, one of these pigeons was underneath the cloche and he just didn't know what to do with himself. And I just handed him a shovel and he ran over to this cloche and he didn't really know what to do. I just, just hit it, just hit it. And like some 
screaming banshee, Coxie went after this, well, what he thought was a pigeon, eating his cabbages, and it was a plastic pigeon. I haven't laughed so much. I don't think I've laughed so much since, if I'm honest. All at your expense, my dear friend. I'm sorry. As always. Public apology. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. But always... And, and, and it's the carrots as well. Well, let's talk about carrots, Coxie. I mean, we're a bit early for planting carrots at the moment, aren't we? But, you know, I, I embarked on a, well, about a five-year mission to grow a decent carrot. I've sussed it, you know, Project Carrot and Project um, Parsnip are, are not quite up and running yet, but all the infrastructure's there. You know how I grow mine, all in the sand and what have you. You know, and, a, and an average-sized carrot's about, about 12 inches long. Is it really? Well, it is in my world, Coxie. <laughs> if, if I grow an inch, I'm pleased. <laughs> well, I, I speak about it quite a lot, actually, and it's all about the varieties that you grow and, and how you grow them, to be fair. So what's your plan this year, Coxie, to get over an inch-long carrot? Come on, talk to me about it. I, I have a plan. Go on, I, I, go I, for I, it. I always have a plan in terms of... I know this supermarket that's quite close to the station. OK. And in that supermarket... This sounds a bit worrying, Coxie, I have to say. It, it, It'll work. Come on, then. One of my big challenges has been spacing out the seed. So I do my little drill for the carrots. Yeah. But then as I'm starting to put the seeds in, I get a bit heavy-handed. And therefore, it doesn't do any good by having a lot of seeds in one place. Okay. I try and space them out, but it doesn't work. But in this supermarket, they've got the perfect solution for me. Which is? Seed tape. Seed tape. Where would I be now without seed tape? Seed tape. Um, okay, I'm not convinced, Coxie, but it's worth a go, I suppose. I've got to keep trying. Well, you have. I mean, what's the advantage of a seed tape then? I mean, obviously, the spacing is one thing, but any other advantages? Well, hopefully, it's going to grow a carrot more than an inch long. <laughs> well, good luck. We'll keep you posted on, on Coxie's Project Carrot. Um, obviously, the end of February, Coxie. Um, Seeds, we're, we're planting lots of seeds at the moment. Um, but before we start talking about that, let's go and speak to um, Ian Turner from the Tree Council and find out what Hedgefest is all about. Well, I'm joined uh, this morning at Hedgefest uh, with Ian Turner from the Tree Council. Good morning, Ian. Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. It's it's dry but cold this morning. It is. It's sort of perfect weather, you know, just what you would expect in winter. And it's nice it's not raining. Oh, God, we've had a lot of rain, haven't we? we we've had lots. It's, and, uh, it's all over the place and uh, in terms of water's everywhere. As I travelled down today, I found out. Oh, uh, yeah, the roads are... Oh, it's just awful, isn't it? It's awful. So, Hedgefest... Um, What's it all about, Ian? Well, it's about giving free trees, or at least you know, trees into the community uh, that people can then plant their own hedge. So uh, what we've got here today is uh, lots of volunteers giving away trees and uh, that people have pre-booked their trees, actually. They've gone on to Pecan's website, which yep. is Petersfield Climate Action Network, and they are picking up their trees so that they can plant the hedge. It's round about the right time of year, and as it's dry and cold, then it's a perfect. perfect time Absol- to be doing it. Absolutely. So um, it's just a follow-on from Tree Fest earlier in the winter, which mm. we, we were at as well. Um, so the, 
it's all bare root trees. Um, and what about the sort of the mix of hedge? Is, I, I presume it's all sort of native hedgerow. It is all native hedgerow, and you know, it's because we want to have the best wildlife-friendly hedges that we can get, and good pollinators, and good, you know, good source of food and forage for animals and for invertebrates and, and bees. So we're we're hoping that this is going to increase the amount of available habitat for animals in the Petersfield area because it it actually you know not just Petersfield will be benefiting here it's actually a much wider community right around Petersfield so it's quite a large project and there's many thousands of trees going out today fantastic and roughly can you put put a number on sort of the the length of hedgerow that we hope to sort of achieve from this event well we're looking at definitely miles of hedgerow miles yeah really yeah because it's thousands of trees well you know kind of we're talking about the the numbers that uh, that they actually finally did get shipped out nearly ten thousand. wow that's amazing a lot yeah absolutely fantastic if if you've missed or if people have missed the boat for Hedgefest mm. um, and want to sort of get some hedgerows and plant a small hedge in their garden or on any bit of land that they've got, what would you recommend to go for? Well, in terms of uh, the sort of best trees for planting, we, we actually have been thinking a bit well, more hard about this. So we're thinking about, you know, the sort of types of trees you'll need in terms of the species which are all the native types like hazel and uh, hawthorn and blackthorn we don't have to use bare root trees we can actually try and grow from seed and okay. it's something that we're doing with various communities around the country we're wanting to encourage people to go out in november and actually pick the seeds and grow on the trees so that if you can imagine that uh, that will save an awful lot of carbon absolutely and actually we'll be preserving that precious genetic material which is in the native hedgerows around you so you know things like the species we would prefer people to plant it are those that they would find around them already so you'd go and look at the hedgerows that are around you in the countryside and just plant those trees but there is more that you can do because quite a few places in the country they've got hedgerows which aren't as diverse because they were planted maybe during the enclosures act which is back in the 1800s yeah and you know that wasn't necessarily the richest of mixes so so diversity is really the key then when you're thinking about a hedge absolutely diversity is the key diversity will offer up far more in terms of resilience but also for the native um, flora and fauna brilliant and for further advice where would you recommend to go there are various websites and uh, we do have a a, a website uh, that would be able to offer up a lot more information now um this particular one is called the hedge hub and uh, hedge hub yeah hedge hub yeah you can actually search for different papers and other things that would provide you the background information on you know what the ideal kind of way to treat hedges in terms of managing them but also how to plant them and then onwards you know thinking about the sort of incremental changes that we're we're experiencing to the sort of the environment but also how you might want to then plant different species to manage that fantastic brilliant ian thanks so much for your time great to speak to you again thank you very much well, thanks, Ian. As ever, really interesting to talk to you. Um, and back to Coxie. So we're, we're, we're on, the, on the seed sowing mission, Coxie, this weekend. What's your plan? Tomatoes. Yeah? Yep. Now's the time for me to start sowing my tomatoes. And, and I tend to go for a number of varieties yep. this year. What sort of varieties are you planning on growing this year? So Moneymaker, I think is... Bombproof? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you normally get a very good um, supply of... Moneymaker tomatoes, yep. good size. So, good you say Moneymaker are the what I would call your, your regular tomato, aren't they? They are. Yeah, very much the regular yep. tomato. So then I start getting a bit adventurous. Okay. What with red cherry, um, 
There's a new one I'm trying this, okay. this year called Sun Baby. Sun Baby. Now, I've what heard of that? Sun Gold. Yeah. I wonder whether it's a, a combination of Sun Gold and something else. Who knows? Probably. Yes. And there's um, Golden Sunrise that I'm trying. Yeah. Never tried that before. Okay. But otherwise, I'd go back to, you know, my traditional type tomatoes to grow, one of which is the beef eater. And um, if that works, and you know it's not an easy tomato I was going to say, I've, I've tried the, the, the beef steak tomatoes in the past, and I've not had much success. I don't know why. What did I call it? Beef, beef eater. eater. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, it might be a variety of beef steak tomato called beef eater. It could be. Well, I'm sure it will be. Hey, maybe <laughs> I should patent that name. I think that's a good idea. Let's, yes. let's, you can do that. I've not, I've not got the time or the inclination, quite frankly. Um, so, with your tomatoes, how, how do you go about sowing them? Because I, I sow mine in modules, um, sort of 24-cell modules, and then I put them in a, in a heated propagator. What about yourself? How do you go about it? So, to try and save time and effort, because yep. um, obviously we've got lots of other things going on in our life. And, uh, so, Yeah, gardening is, is a hobby, isn't it? It's, it's supposed <laughs> to be a hobby. <laughs> it does take over a little bit, though, doesn't it? Let's be it, honest. It does. So... I use smallish pots, yeah. put in some fresh compost, yeah. and then I'll put one seed yeah. per pot. Yes. Now, I know, I know they're not all going to succeed. However, when they do start growing, yeah. at least I don't have to keep moving them into bigger and bigger pots. Pricking out is a, um, an interesting job, isn't it? Time-consuming. It's very time-consuming and, and quite laborious. Yes. It, yes. No, I agree with you. I do agree. So that's, that's, that's the method. And I do the same for my um, peppers because now's the time to start thinking about putting some peppers on yep. the go, aubergines, those types of things. Yeah, so the long, the long growing plants, isn't it? You know, in, in the greenhouse, you know, chilies, peppers, aubergines, tomatoes, all that kind of stuff needs to go in now. And the other thing that I'm sowing at the moment as well is um, the first lot of flower seeds, so, so antirhinums. Yes. Again, a, a really long growing flower. Um, and needs to go in now. Very much so. Very, very much so. Um, other thing I start thinking about, obviously onions. Yes. My, my second, you know, sowing of onions. Yes. So um, I, I will do that. I will start putting in some soft neck garlics. Okay. Um, when the ground's a bit softer. Not this so morning. the hard neck goes in in the autumn, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. And, and we can see, looking out, that we've got a number of hard neck garlics already starting to They're already to showing themselves, aren't they? Yeah. And they like the cold weather, don't they, unlike us? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the other thing to do at this time of year is is sowing wildflowers, and I'm going to go and talk to Phil Paolo. Um, obviously, he's a member of the allotment here, uh, as the environment officer, but also is heavily involved in the tree council. And today at Hedgefest is talking about um, planting wildflower meadows. Well, we're joined by uh, Phil Paolo from the Tree Council and the environmental officer at the allotments here. Good morning, Phil. Morning, Steve. Nice How to are see you? you? Very well. Bit Very nippy well. this morning. Bit nippy. I don't mind the frost though, because I've been out planting trees the last three days. Have you? It's absolutely soaking wet. Oh, so, it's been grim, hasn't it? So I'm looking forward to a dry, dry but crisp Saturday morning. Fantastic. So it's fine. Yeah, it's a bit fine. of a busman's holiday for you this it, morning. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you expecting many people? Um, I don't know. I mean, we've got a lot of orders to be collected. So I think there's round about 160 orders that are going out. So yep. that's a mixture of fruit trees and hedging yep. through, through pecan scheme. So 
incredibly well received. No, so it's, it's been fantastic. No, successful it's really good, isn't it? 14,000 14, hedging whips going out. So that's 2.7 kilometres of hedging that's been delivered as part of the project. That's which amazing. Is pretty, isn't it? pretty uh, impressive. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. So what are you doing here today, Phil? You're doing something with the um, wildflower. Yeah, so I've been, I've been roping to do a few demos today. So we're doing a little demo to just show people the basics of how to plant a hedge and how to plant a tree. Yep. Um, but then we're also doing uh, a demonstration of actually how to create a wildflower meadow. So as part of another another projects that I'm involved in through Future Shoots Kick, um, we had some funding from the National Park to do some trial meadow, meadow plots. Yep. And last year we created the meadow here um, that's got some hazel planted around it. Yeah, and some dead hedging as well. And some dead hedging. So yeah. the, the, the name of the project, it was the, the Trees and Bees project. The okay. whole idea was saying, how can you use wildflower to maybe complement tree planting? So uh, okay. again, you know, as you know, you've got the fantastic community orchard here, Steve. And I think we've, we've always talked about it. Wouldn't it be great if we can get some underplanting of wildflower mm. within the orchard? So within the Trees and Bees project, we thought it'd be a great opportunity to maybe showcase how you can actually quite easily create wildflower patches yep. within the local community really yeah, yeah. as a way of just trying to inspire people who might be thinking about maybe I'm going to plant some trees maybe I could underplant with a bit of wildflower as yeah. well you know as well as helping with the tree cover increasing canopy cover we can support with some of those declining pollinators within the UK support the bee populations yeah. butterfly populations and is that what planting a wild a bit of wildflowers all about then is that all about sort of um, encouraging the pollinators and what have you well I mean for here particularly it's around providing forage um, for pollinators, which again, you know, within those food webs, they're going to be providing a food source yep. for a whole range of different um, different creatures. So generally, biodiversity net gain um, where possible. Uh, um, but as well, you know, as well as encouraging pollinators, we're kind of thinking about you know encouraging some more interesting native wildflowers as yep. well. Yep. So I mean, you've got the national charity Plant Life that's all about trying to conserve and protect you know UK biodiversity yeah, yeah. and wildflowers. So where there's an opportunity that we can sow some UK native wildflowers, you know, it just helps to keep those populations thriving where they may be getting lost yeah it sounds brilliant you know people maybe thinking about tarmacking over their drive or you know the the front of their house or losing their garden yes actually maybe you can just incorporate in a little bit of wildflower no that's fantastic and what varieties of wildflower are you hoping to plant here today well we're putting so so last year we sowed a uh, yellow rattle mix um so the yellow rattle is getting in it's gonna it was a parasitic plant that feeds on the grass it's weakened the grass here to allow some gaps for other wildflower species to get in and we're sowing a a kind of a mixed pollinator uh bee and pollinator mix in here today so we've got a whole range of different species we've got some campion we've got some clover uh, we've got some sinfoil uh, we've got some borage so big old list i think the mix, the mix that we've got has probably got about 20 or 30 um, wildflower species so we've got a mixture of perennials annuals and biannuals and is that readily available to buy if somebody wants to do that sort of thing themselves the seed i'm using today is actually from a company called boston seeds which okay. I, find, I find they're very good very yeah. well priced and they provide you with lovely information as well. So I've got a, a PDF sheet here that I'm going to be showing people today, which is all the information you need about the wildflower mix. And it also tells you instructions. How do you sow the wildflower area and how do you maintain it? So they provide Brilliant. some really nice, comprehensive information. So, you know, they can make it easy for yeah. someone who isn't experienced in doing no, that's it. Brilliant. So would you recommend if, if people can't make it, to, obviously haven't made it today and they want to do something with wildflowers to have a look at Boston Seeds and all the information will be there for you? Well, yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd highly recommend plants life so the national national charity plant life um are focused around um kind of wild wildflowers and native plants within the uk and again they've got lots and lots of guidance um in terms of actually creating
creating a meadow or creating a wildflower brilliant wildflower patch and again you know it's something that pecan's quite interested in i know there are some initiatives within east hans as well around mm. wildflower so there's a lot of advice that's out there locally phil thanks for that that's absolutely brilliant and good luck today today in the wildflowers and um, the other, one of the other projects you're involved in you're involved in so many projects is rail routes yeah now, i don't know anything true. about rail routes Talk to me about that. So this is a this is a really interesting initiative. So this is this is a um, project which the, t- the Tree Council is championing, working with um, Network Rail and various different rail operators across the UK. So we thought it could be really nice. Obviously, we've got the, the trees that are being provided for the community today. Um, and we thought it'd be really great if we could maybe um, encourage people who don't have a big space, um, big garden for a tree, who mm. might want to be thinking about maybe a tree for a small space or a tree in a container. Yeah give those people the opportunity to have a tree as well so it's you know i said why, why shouldn't everybody have the opportunity absolutely to have a tree? Yeah, yeah so we thought actually it could be a really great opportunity that we could distribute um some trees through station hubs so here at petersfield uh, right, we've okay. got a we've got a station hub where there's a food bank yes um at petersfield station and there's another one in southampton as well and okay. so we thought actually we could link with those areas and we could provide um some locally produced fruit trees yes um that people could take away and maybe grow in a small space brilliant um so the the trees that we're going to be providing actually being created and grafted by volunteers so we've got volunteers really busy grafting those trees at the moment yeah. we're working with a number of local charities so we were like working with the um, charity Fitzroy um, yes. in Petersfield so they support um, young people with learning disabilities um, and provide sort of skills opportunities for them so we're helping them to learn tree grafting techniques Brilliant. and then the trees that they'll be grafting will be available through the station hub so it, it gives them an opportunity that maybe have a tree that you know isn't just a fruit tree but a fruit tree that's been grown with love by you know someone that's developing skills as well wonderful idea and if, if you're interested in sort of getting involved in that and getting a tree, how, how do you go about doing that, Phil? Well, we're going to be... All, all the station hubs that we're going to be working with, we're going to be advertising through the hubs. So there'll okay. be information going up shortly, yep. um, telling people all about the project and telling them how they can put their name down for a tree. What we're asking, though, is we're asking for people to tell us why they would like a tree. So it's not, we don't just want you to put your name down. We want you to give us a reason. So it could be, I would like a tree because, you know, my favourite tree is the oak because it's so majestic. Yeah. Or, you know, a good example was I was actually speaking to one of the um, one of the team down at Petersfield Station, um, one of the station staff there, and he actually said, "Well, you know, I was I was brought up in the Clyde Valley up in Scotland, mm. and we had orchards everywhere. My mum used to collect the orchard fruit, and we used to make jam. And oh, for me, lovely. that was a beautiful yeah. story. And I thought, you yeah. know, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. We're looking for these, you know, these connections, connections yeah. with trees. Um, so we're going to be doing a selections of hubs. So Petersfield, um, Southampton." Gerrard's Cross, um, Birmingham, Liverpool, and also up in Glasgow. So we're working with a, a charity called Roots to Recovery um, that work with adults who are in recovery from substance use addiction, okay. addiction um, and alcohol addiction. Uh, and again, they're going to be growing some trees that they're going to be distributing through the station up and through their recovery centre as right. well. So we're working with a really broad range of partners, a couple of schools yep. that are involved too. So it should be a really, really interesting project. And another kind of key element of it is really to make stations a little bit more welcoming. So we're trying to make stations greener yeah. do some enhancement and we've they can be pretty pretty bleak places can't they yeah train stations. some of the locations that we've picked out as well they have quite high incidence of maybe mental health support requirements okay. or potentially suicide as well so right. we're looking at can we make the stations more welcoming can we make them friendlier places yes. where maybe if people do need some support it can be on hand you know through link to the project yeah the project. sounds like a brilliant initiative phil the best of luck with it great thank you very much Steve. enjoy the morning. rest of your day cheers take care
Well, as ever, Phil, thanks so much for your time. Um, really interesting to talk about the Wildflower Meadows, but also the Rail Routes project sounds absolutely fascinating. And look out for more information on that. Um, as soon as I get some more, we'll talk about it a bit more and, and get some more information out there. Now, back to the, the allotment, Coxie. Um, is it too wet to be digging? I think so. Well, the problem is, again, it's down to time. Yeah. Um, I get a few weekends when I can devote to the allotment. Yeah. And you just have to do whatever you can. Yeah. Irrespective of the conditions, otherwise you'll never get anything under control. Well, that's it, isn't it? There'll always be an excuse, and it's usually the weather, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yes. And nothing pleases us more than being able to sit down and have a coffee and a donut or something. (laughs) I don't know about the donuts, Coxie, but, you know, my body's a temple and all that. But def- definitely a cup of coffee. And I think, you know, if you, if you do need to dig, I think that the best thing to do is, is put a board on the ground, isn't it? And oh, yeah. sort of just yeah. work the board backwards so you're not physically standing on the soil because the more compaction you do with the soil, the, the worse it is for the soil. And obviously, we, we try and add as much organic matter to the soil, don't we? And I know, you know, we've both um, bought bagged manure this year, haven't we, for the we first have. time? We have indeed, yes. How's that going for you? So... I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm hopeful. It's good quality stuff, isn't it? It is good quality stuff. Um, It's from a different source. We've not used this source before. Fingers crossed, it works. Well, it's from the compost centre over near Guildford, isn't it? I think it's in in between Guildford and Woking. It is. And they they do some good deals when you buy in bulk. I think if you buy over sort of 40 bags, isn't it, you get a a really good rate. And it's the same stuff you can buy at the the garden centre, but at at a fraction of the cost. Very much so. And I'm also encouraged by the fact that I believe some of it comes from the um, Royal Artillery. Oh, is that right, is it? Oh, fantastic. Well, I think one of the advantages, you know, and we both looked at it, for me, was, you know, we've used farmyard manure before, which, which is great, you know, and it's a readily available source, but it's full of weed, you know. Nobody likes weeding, do they? No, no. I mean, you seem to enjoy it. I hate the stuff, you know what I mean? It's just, it's another one of those laborious tasks. So I think anything we can do to you know, make our lives easier. And, you know, from the compost centre, it's sterilised. You know, it's gone through various different grading and then it's sterilised, so it kills all the the bugs and the the weeds, or the the nasty bugs anyway. Um, So, yeah, let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. So what else is going on then? Obviously, you've got your seeds planting, we've talked about um, onions. Um, What about potatoes? Now's the time of year, really, to be starting those, the chitting of the potatoes, isn't it? Very much so, yeah, yeah. I I would say you need six to, what, eight weeks? Yeah. Um, And then after that, depending on the weather, you can think about maybe putting the first earlies in and and so Mm. forth and start building up. And, And my preferred route as you know, is to dig a trench. Well, you are old school, Coxie. <laughs> we, you know, and, and we say in garden, is there a right way or a wrong way? I don't know. I, I think my way's better than your way and you think your way is better than my way. But let's be honest, you did try my way last year, didn't you? I did. I bought 16 buckets. How did that go for you? Dreadfully. <laughs> I didn't get a single potato to eat to put on the table. Well, you know you have to water them, don't you? I, I, I did. Maybe I overwatered them. I've, I've no idea what went wrong but anyway this year back to the traditional trench compost yeah and then build it up so talk us through the trench then you dig dig a trench how deep's the trench so i go quite deep okay fair yeah um i I would say well a good couple of feet really oh my goodness yeah right okay and then you're putting the compost down when you say compost what's organic matter from home oh right okay in in, in terms of any scraps and so forth bring them down here pour them in um, I think that helps. Yep. It's certainly what my dad and 
my granddad and my great granddad used to do. As I said, old school. I like it. I like it. We need a bit of old school in our lives, Coxie. And if it works for you, you know, you know the old adage: if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. It, t- it takes up space, unlike with the buckets, where you know, if you've got a patio or something, and not an allotment. That's it, isn't it? And I think you know what. What I enjoy talking to people about about gardening is you don't need an allotment the size of our allotments. You you don't even need a garden. You can use a bucket, you know. And I've spoken about it before. But go to buy a bag of compost from the garden centre, half empty it out, put some potato tubers in, and then fill it up. And in you know twelve weeks' time, you can empty the bag out and have potatoes. And there's nothing like. Homegrown spuds. There's not, is there? It's, you know, people have oh, potato. It's it's your staple. It's your mainstay of your diet. Digging those potatoes, putting them in a pan of salted water, and putting them on your plate. Oh my days! Oh, beautiful. It's great, isn't it? It really is. Well, my favourite variety of potatoes is a variety called Anya, which has failed again this year. So there's no seed potato available. So I'm using pink fur as my salad potato this year. What varieties are you growing, Coxie? King Edwards. Uh, that's it. That, that's it. They, they only they only failed last year. Okay. okay. Yeah. This year, I'm hoping to have good King Edwards, which can be used for roast. Yeah. Really good, solid potato for yep. roast. Also, you can just have them as boiled. Yeah. And, and I they're think good, they're excellent. Good all rounder. Yeah. Absolutely. We're talking of traditional methods. Um, and I'm going to go and speak to Melanie Oxley from Pecan, who, who's got some amazing tips on you know eco gardening. So I'm joined now by Melanie from Pecan. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Uh, Extremely cold-fingered at the moment, having handled some hedgy plants, but not bad. Oh, good, good. Well, there's a lot here, isn't there? (laughs) Yes. Almost, people will be planting around Petersfield. They'll be planting around three kilometres of new hedge. It's amazing, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I I love the initiative. I've just been talking to Phil Paolo, and he's so enthusiastic, as well as Ian Turner from the Tree Council. And I think, you know, their involvement with this is absolutely brilliant. But where where does Pecan come in to Hedgefest? Well, it was really odd. It was after our very successful tree festival last november mm, it was a good event that wasn't it a very good event yeah. where many many fruit trees were handed out this is a fruit tree in every garden project yes and as a part Sorry, of is that it, is that a pecan that's a pecan initiative initiative okay yes indeed yep and part of that because there was involvement from phil paolo and the tree council we also developed the idea of what about hedges we mustn't forget hedges no they're so important they are aren't they yeah and and so it was thanks to that joining up with the tree council then that we came up with hedge fest yeah brilliant and they supplied all the hedging material and from what i understand it's been you've been overwhelmed with with people requesting oh i think the orders the orders were were spoken for within two weeks well i i went on there i think as soon as as soon as i found out about it yeah and i went to order some and there was none left no (laughs) no we have actually been donated some from um, Hillier Garden Centre in Lys. They were going to throw them away. What? So a lady there on behalf of the manager, Richard, yes. said that um, I could have some extra plants for people who might be disappointed and have come along anyway. Well, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> well, you could take some of Let, those. Let's, let's hope we can get yeah, some of that. Yeah, get some of that. Fantastic. Yeah, great. So, Pecan do, do some great work in and around Petersfield. For those that don't know about Pecan, can you just give us a bit of an overview? Yes. Well, we were set up three years ago now, 
primarily to help deliver the town council's climate strategy. Okay. And our aim is to reduce the carbon footprint of Petersfield and its residents and the council and everything. Yeah. And to help restore nature. That's our two-pronged aim. Okay. Um, and so a large part, really, I'm very pleased to say, is about restoring nature, which is my speciality. Okay. So What's I, your background? I, I'm an ecologist. I'm a campaigning ecologist. I, okay. I've worked with plant life and organisations like yeah, that yeah, yeah. over the years. Um, and I've joined up with Liz Bissett, another a fellow trustee, um, and we head, it, head up engaging with nature recovery. We, we, we feel that people are losing contact with nature and need to be re energized about nature sounds like a good idea um, i think uh, people seem to be a lot more conscious don't they about yeah. about that you know that carbon footprint and you know trees and flowers and nature just i think i don't know is it just me or is it post covid a lot of people have, have sort of got more involved in that side of things I think they have got more involved since COVID. It, it taught us to look around us, didn't it? Mm. And we were all going for walks because we couldn't do much else. No, and I think people did start then to notice things, yes. which perhaps they didn't before. Yeah. Um, but I think in addition to that, the alarming news about the loss of biodiversity has really got through to people. Mm. And people really care yes. about nature. Yeah. And it's not your generation or my generation or even my daughter's generation. It's, it's their children's and their children's yeah. children, isn't it? We don't that, that we think need to look after. No, no, we don't, do we? No. We just see what's in front of our faces, I, I don't know. we? Yeah. yeah, it's very sad. But the indicators for biodiversity are extremely serious. I mean, when we've even got very common birds, common garden birds, becoming so scarce and facing extinction in the next six years. That should ring all the alarm bells. That's terrifying, isn't so it? So this is why hedges are great. Yeah. Because... Even if you've only got a smallish plot, you can replace a fence with a hedge. Absolutely. You might not have room for a great big tree. I mean, you, could even, you can even plant a hedge in front of your fence. You can. You know, there's no, there's no reason why you can't no. do that, is there? No, there is not. No. No, there no. is not. So, ap- apart from hedging, what, what can people do to encourage wildlife and you know, biodiversity into their gardens? Oh, that's one of my, 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 my um, hobby horses, if you like. I give <laughs> talks on how to garden with wildlife in mind. OK. And one of the best things we can do, Steve, to be quite honest, is to do nothing. OK. Especially all through winter. Resist the urge to tidy, tidy, tidy. Yeah. Leave things messy. Yeah. Leave the leaves lying around. The, worm, the worms will drag them down under the soil, help aerate the soil. Leave as, as late as you can, possibly till early, middle of March, before you tidy your garden. Because all the dead stuff in your garden is harbouring next year's life. Right, It's okay. got overwintering eggs and even adult creatures like, like red admirals that hibernate as mm. adults. Um, they're, they're sitting there in all that dead stuff. That dead stuff actually isn't dead. And we shouldn't be clearing it up. We certainly shouldn't be burning it. OK. That's my main message. Don't Brilliant. burn anything. Well, that's a great bit of advice. <laughs> it, it, and if, you know, people want to get involved in PECAN and want to get involved in sort of um, helping sort of projects like this, what's the best way for people to get in touch? Oh, great. Well, the best way is to sign up to our newsletter, which okay. is incredible. Um, the information we send out every month is, is quite astonishing and the number of events we have locally, not just PECANs, but we, we sort of 
raise the awareness of other events too. Okay. Uh, we are a network. Yeah. Um, and so all they need to do is that, and then they'll find out about all the wonderful things they can get involved with. So just with. literally go onto Google and, and Google PCAN. Yes. And, and sign up there. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, sign up for the newsletter on our website. Fantastic. Melanie, thanks so much for your time. You're very welcome. Melanie, really interesting to talk to you, and I think one of the things that um, Coxie and I will probably go away and talk about is is tidying up, and, and not tidying up as the case may be. Um, it's something that you know we probably all do, and something I'll certainly think about going forward. Well, Coxie, I think it's almost time for us to go and have a cup of tea. Definitely. I can't feel the ends of my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my toes are pretty cold as well, so I think we should go and put the kettle on. But before we go, I just want to say thank you to Ian Turner, uh, Phil Paolo, Melanie Oxley uh, for sort of the interesting chats at Hedgefest and look forward to uh, bigger and better Treefest and Hedgefest next year. And Coxie, thanks for your time. Um, let's go and get the kettle on. Definitely. Off we um, go. If you want to get in touch, please do so. Get, through, get in touch with us via the Petersfield Shine Radio website. Um, you can follow us on Instagram um, and do listen to us again. Many thanks for your time. Happy gardening. Growing Together is new twice a month and supported by DeMello and Company. Financial advice for you, your family and your future. Get the latest editions of Growing Together at any time at shineradio.uk. The Petersfield Seed Swap is your chance to plant some ideas for your garden. Or on your allotment, Claire. Of course, Steve. We'll be there to help you pick up some inspiration and advice. And enjoy some specialist talks from experts. Helia Bowling will be in town to help you start a cut flower garden. And I'll show you how to plant an amazing veg plot. Plant some ideas with us at the Petersfield Seed Swap. It's on Saturday the 9th of March at Winton House in Petersfield Town Centre. And it's funded by the UK Government through the UK. UK Shared Prosperity Fund. And you'll find more details at shineradio.uk. Happy gardening.